everyone. Welcome to the Women's Football Podcast for the first time in 2022 for our look at the beautiful game from the Champions League to the National League and beyond. My name is Chess Warren and I'm joined by some very special guests today. So we have Leicester City defender and Scottish international Sophie Howard, sports journalist Sandra Brobury and the former FA and Aston Villa media officer Emily Lyles. Thank you so much everyone for joining us today. Great to have you on the show. Hi, thanks for having us. Not at all, not at all. So the leagues kicked off for the start of 2022 and the fixtures did not disappoint. Despite the postponement of three fixtures, so Chelsea and Tottenham, Aston Villa versus Everton and West Ham versus Manchester United, who were all postponed this week, we still have a lot to cover in the show today. So let's start with the midday kickoff at the Broadfield Stadium on Sunday. So that was Brighton versus Manchester City. A new year brought new cheer for Gareth Taylor as Lucy Bronze and Steph Horton were made available after coming back from injury. Now, this fixture promised to be a cracker. Fans of Manchester City were eager to see whether their woes of the start of the season so far were really down to injury or it was deeper issues elsewhere at the club. Now, the first 45 minutes of this fixture passed with lots of attacking play from both sides. Now, Hope Powell's Brighton looked incredibly promising. But three minutes after the break, Victoria Williams' own goal opened up the floodgates and City ended the game 6-0. Wow, what a fixture. What do you guys think of the comparison of the first half to the second half, Sandra? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, Hope, Hope said after, Hope Powell said after the game, it was a, was, was a game of two halves. And I thought, you know, initially City started, you know, really well. They had most of the um, chance or shots on goal or chances or best chances, I would say, of the first half. But um, but then obviously Brighton grew into it. And as it finished nil-nil, you thought, oh, you know, Brighton might have a chance. Because I know that uh, they had a nil-nil, I think, last season at the uh, academy stage. And you just thought, well, you know, this looks quite quite an exciting game. But then obviously the second half, completely different story. I mean, Lauren Hemp was a persistent threat down mm. that left. And, and, and it's obviously her, with her her pace and, and that, that cross into the box, which... Obviously, Victoria Williams turned into the own uh, into her own net, which kind of set things off. And then from there, I mean, it was it was a blitzing. I mean, I think there were like um, you know three minutes there within three minutes, three goals or so. You know, obviously Victoria Williams' own goal, then then Hemp and, and what have you. And it's just you know how City played in that second half was was outstanding. Um, it's a bit unfortunate for Brighton when you consider that first spell. You know, you thought that they might have a, a chance of getting something, but you know, it's it definitely a you know good game for City as well, and a good way for them to start the year, given how they started the season. Completely. Do you think that this signifies a change in fortunes for the Sky Blues? Uh, potentially. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how they do against against other teams and against you know you know when they have to play Tottenham again and the other teams um, uh, you know in and around that top three spot, and obviously uh, playing against uh, Arsenal and Chelsea uh, this season. I mean, it's certainly that that result certainly makes for an exciting race for the top three because there are quite a few teams basically still at this moment mm. from Tottenham to City, Brighton are technically still in it, Man United, Reading even. But it'd be interesting to see how City do for the rest of the season, particularly with Houghton and Lucy Bronze coming back. Completely. Now, what did happen to Brighton, though? They seemed so strong in the first half and then to concede four goals in eight minutes. Like, what do you think went wrong? Or was it City stepping up their game? 
I, I think, I mean, obviously, the Hope Powell's mentioned that the own goal kind of set things off. I think it was just the, the you know, the pace of the, the quickness of all those goals coming in, in such a short space of time. I think that kind of stunned them a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I think that goal early into the second half stunned them. Um, and then it, it was a case of the, the, the ball over the top, you know, and, and Lauren Hemp's pace down that left and her crosses into the box were, were, you know, just dangerous, so to speak. So I just think they got undone with, with some of the balls over the top, then also with um, Hemp's pace and her crossing into the box and then just some really good finishing from Man City. Completely. Now, Emily, Brighton has had an impressive run of form at the start of the season and then things have started to tumble downhill. Um, They had a break from a game because of COVID. Is it time that alarm bells start to ring at Brighton? I don't know. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I think you look at the table and they still look in a, you know, relatively comfortable position. Um, I think it's, it's such a competitive league as I know we've talked about a lot on this podcast and, you know, there's a lot of cash at some of the bigger clubs. There's a lot of competition there. So I think in some respects, yes, I know you have to judge it on recent form and, and I hear that argument, but actually to be in seventh position, to still be, you know, a few points behind the likes of City and, and United is probably kind of testament to their their overall season. But I think, it's probably the manner in the defeat, as you alluded to there, a lot of goals conceded in quick succession that will be the concern. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just hope for their sake, really, that they will you know, pick it up again sooner rather than later because they are you know, a very respected club with some really, really strong players and, and a really, really strong management set up there. Completely. And as Sandra said, Lauren Hemp was notably brilliant on their day out in the southeast. And City have just secured her contract extension until 2024. Sandra, do you think she, Lauren Hemp is integral to City side? Yes, she, she absolutely is. I mean, when you look at how last season, for example, she missed that first that first uh, you know few months, and then she came in and she got got you know quite a number of goals, even from those I think it was 15, 15 starts or so that she made last last season. So in the top flight, so she is in, in integral to, uh, to them. Um, I'm gonna have to double check the number of starts, but you know she is integral to to the number uh, to their play, to how they just in terms of their attack, the number of goals she brings, the number of assists, how she plays with Ellen White and and the other her other teammates across that front line. I mean her pace alone, and then that crossing into the box, but then also just her you know her strength as well. I mean she's she is integral to her, to that team completely. Passing it over to another game now. Reading versus Leicester. Now, Reading's six-game unbeaten run continues as they beat Leicester 1-0 thanks to a beautiful chip from Natasha Dowie in the 11th minute. It could have been worse for the Leicester, but the Foxes keeper, Demi Lambourne, saved a penalty after Abby McManus brought Dowie down in the penalty area. There is no better way to find out the lowdown from a game than by asking one of the players. So, as we're joined by the wonderful Sophie Howard today, you played the 90 minutes. How did you find the match? Obviously, afterwards, we were gutted because I do believe that there was more in it for us. Um, at least we could have got a point, I think, um, three, maybe, um, if we had some luck on our side. Um, as you said, uh, Reading started strong with an with an early goal, a beautiful goal from from um, Dowie. Um, could we have prevented it? Yes, I think every goal is almost preventable. Um, I think we kind of not caught off 
were caught off guard. I think defensively we were just on, um, yeah, a different wavelength um, for a moment, and that kind of cost us that. Um, obviously, Demi kept us in the goal through her amazing save. Uh, the the penalty call was very questionable, I think. Um, but yeah, I think as a team we found into the game better. Um, the longer it was going on and I think we played a really strong second half and that's when we could have equalised or even gone on top and yeah scored more than one goal but I think what we were missing what we were lacking most as in previous games already was hitting the back of the net mm. um, we couldn't unfortunately keep the clean sheet and then we weren't scoring and that that led to the 1-0 defeat completely I mean, you got on the you got on the score sheet the last time um, that Leicester were out. Congratulations for that, by the way. Especially as you are a defender, um, is that something that Leicester are looking for on the January transfer window, or is it just shooting drills in practice at the moment? Um, I'm not sure if we're looking for a striker, and um, that's probably um, a question for the manager. <laughs> um, I think we have the ability to score more goals than we are. Um, definitely. Obviously, we had some of our frontline players missing yesterday, but nonetheless, we had strikers on the pitch that are, that are capable of, of scoring goals. Um, the fact that we're getting defenders on the score sheet is probably because we play a different way to typical defenders being in the back lane line. Um, obviously, set pieces are a threat that we have, and we score from them as well. Um, that's obviously also why defenders are getting on the score sheet. Um, I just think it's it comes down to the actual belief of a scoring, because I do think we're quite hesitant when it comes to just pulling that trigger and, and taking a shot. We I had one yesterday as well where I should have shot and I looked for the pass across. Um, but that's something you have to analyse and kind of learn from um, and just improve on for the next games coming up completely how is the feeling in the Leicester camp at the moment obviously we were gutted yesterday um, that we couldn't get a point or more from the game um, especially considering the second half performance after game after the game when we found out obviously that Birmingham had beat Arsenal um, you can imagine that you're quite deflated especially after winning against Birmingham before Christmas which was a massive result um, but Nonetheless, we're still very positive and we have this belief that it will come. Um, I think we're performing, um, even in possession now, we're performing way better than we had previously. Uh, Yesterday showed that we did deserve at least a point and now it's a matter of sticking together, being very critical and um, analysing what we're kind of not doing well enough yet, but sticking together and believing in one another that the results will come and therefore the points will come as well. Definitely. And also, just an aside, Sophie, you've been at Leicester since last season when you won the championship and were promoted to the WSL. Now, how have you found the difference between that step up between the championship and the WSL? There's a massive difference between the two leagues. Um, Obviously, last year we were quite dominant in the championship. Um, This year in the WSL was a fresh start. We knew it was going to be a tough year and we knew it was going to be very difficult and hard for us to get points. Um, I think the biggest difference between the leagues is the pace of the game. Um, you have less time on the ball, less less space on the ball. And um, 
it's another step up in terms of physicality. Um, and I think we had, or we still have quite a few younger players that are still getting used to that. Um, so the step of the difference is m massive, um, but we are definitely finding our feet. And I think we are now competing with teams in the WSL. And we are, I think, a team that belongs in WSL. We just have to not even prove it to anyone else, prove it to ourselves more than anything. Completely. Really, really well put there. And the fixture that you mentioned, the last one in the WSL um, this weekend, Birmingham City versus Arsenal. Off to Birmingham with undoubtedly the upset of the weekend. Birmingham City have won their first game in the WSL in 14 months by defeating top of the league Arsenal, who were up until this point undefeated this WSL season. The Blues put two goals past Arsenal, the first of which came from Libby Smith in the third minute, the second coming from Sari in the 42nd minute. Now, games like this really do remind you that all of the outside hype of the game of football, it's just two teams of 11 players. Anything can happen. Now, Sandra, do you think this is a bit worrying for Arsenal at the top of the table as this loss gives Chelsea the ability to creep in on that widening gap that they had established? What went wrong for them? It's, they just didn't seem themselves. I mean, um, after the game yesterday... Um, the uh, Arsenal manager, Jonas Ivel talked about how they weren't getting enough numbers of players into the box quick enough when they had the attacking opportunities. Um, they just seem off, off pace and, and lacklustre compared to how they, they normally are and how they started the season with that win uh, at the Emirates. Um, I suppose it's a concern in terms of now they had an advantage coming into this year in terms of the points, the fact that you know Chelsea have lost to Reading before Christmas and this would have given them the opportunity to extend their lead at the top. Um, and then obviously, I mean, Chelsea will be rubbing their hands together for when they, you know, get Arsenal or face Arsenal at King's Meadow. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's a slight concern, but then we'll see. We'll see how the next set of results go. Um, you know, it's not, not ideal for Arsenal um, to start off the year in this way, um, particularly as this, you know, an opportunity to extend their lead at the top and it just wasn't taken. Completely. Now, Emily, the Gunners are still missing Leah Williamson from injury. Anna Patton has now been loaned out to Aston Villa for the rest of the season. And Steph Catley will be out playing in the Asia Cup for the next few matches. Does this spell disaster at the back for Arsenal? Uh, I think when you mention that kind of calibre of players and the experience of those players you know, undoubtedly any team would be impacted by that. Um, but I think, again, in a similar way to, as you alluded to there, it's just 11 players be 11 players on a field. At the same time, it's one result. So I also, I, I appreciate it was a shock and it's probably one of the most surprising result in, in recent years or arguably, I guess, in, it's, is it fair to say maybe in WSL history, just given that, you know, the fortunes of the two teams and the current circumstances. But at the same time, I guess it is still one defeat and I think from Arsenal's point of view yes it was a bad day yes it is one that they will want to forget but there's still a lot of quality within that squad um, to, to, to be okay I guess and, and recover from that. Completely and as I've mentioned the Asia Cup there teams like West Ham, Arsenal and Chelsea are going to be missing star players until February. What impact do you think this will have in the WSL fixtures? Well, I mean, obviously, like Sam Kerr for Chelsea, he's been, you know, their top scorer last season. 
major you know, played a key role in the FA Cup final alongside Fran Kirby. So that's a you know a big a big hole <laughs> to to fill basically. And and like you say, you know, with um, the likes of you know, Steph Catley. Um, and, you know, Caitlin Ford have been quite key to, well, Caitlin Ford in particular has been quite key to Arsenal. Um, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out for them, particularly when, uh, you know, Arsenal Chelsea have to face each other and, and the teams higher up the table. I mean, it's a, it's, I know Arsenal are, have been linked, for example, with uh, Sina Blackstenius uh, as a possible option for them, the favourites to sign her. So, We'll see how, how things pan out and then over the next few weeks with those players missing and what it will mean in terms of the, the contest at the top. Completely. And Sophie, where does this leave Leicester? This has opened the league right back up at the, both the top and the bottom. How are you feeling? I mean, obviously, if you look at the table, we're bottom of the table. Um, but I think the biggest thing is we don't let that get to us. As you mentioned earlier, any game we go into... Um, it's 11 v 11 and the train will play football every day. So it's just a matter of bringing the performance from the week to on the pitch on, on a Sunday. Um, we've obviously got an interesting schedule ahead of us for the next couple of days. And those are all teams we want to beat. We want to get points from. Um, but then again, on the other, on the other side, any game we go into, we're going to win the game. We don't go in and just sit in and hope for the best. That's not us. Um, yeah, if you look at the table, it's not looking bright. But as I said, we're full of belief that our time will still come and our time is now as well. Um, it's not about looking in the future. Um, we take every game as it comes and, yeah, we want to climb up the table. Um, and I don't think uh, we have to make a secret about it or turn it into a secret that, we actually are not only fighting to stay in the league, we want to climb up the table. Um, for us, it's about now putting hard work in even harder, probably, um, and just keeping that positivity and belief within the camp. Completely, completely. Now, elsewhere in the Championship, manager Matt Beard had a birthday treat as Liverpool started 2022 strongly with a 6-0 demolition of Blackburn Rovers. Neve Fahey opened the scoring to lead 1-0 at the break and the Reds stepped on the gas in the second half as Leanne Kiernan bagged a hat-trick. Rachel Furness also bagged a brace. This victory means that they move five points clear of Durham, who didn't play this weekend. Now, ominous signs for the rest of the league, isn't this now? Liverpool really showing their intent to re-enter the WSL. For example, they've strengthened their squad this transfer market with the addition of American striker and former teammate of Viv Miedemar, Katie Stengel. Emily, do you think it's too late for the rest of them to catch up? Uh, I think you never say never, but I think, as you say there, you look at the form of Liverpool and probably everyone else's form is a lot more inconsistent than theirs. The fact that they've strengthened what, was already a very, very strong squad, makes it look a little bit ominous. And I think, you know, Liverpool are a big club, aren't they? You know, a traditional top flight club. So they will certainly be chomping at the bit to get back up at, at this opportunity and, and probably a little bit later than they wanted to. That said, I think you have got, certainly in Durham, you've got a very strong side there that is pretty, in the main, pretty consistent. I know that they've struggled for that in, in sort of recent recent weeks and recent matches. But yeah, I mean, full credit to Matt Beard and Liverpool. They're in sensational form, aren't they? And I think it's easy sometimes to, to 
be a little bit critical and point to the fact that they should be doing better kind of all in all aspects and all levels there but actually their season so far has been mightily impressive and they deserve a lot of credit for that because with expectation comes pressure completely elsewhere in the championship since we last recorded the podcast there has been lots of talk of what has been going on at Coventry United now the club were put into voluntary liquidation two days before Christmas by their owners the wider football community rallied around the players through fundraising and Stoke City offered all of the players the opportunity to strike train so they could keep fit Coventry United were saved at the 11th hour by a, by a financial agreement from Lewis Taylor, the chief exec of Energy Angels, who sponsor Wolverhampton Wanderers. But as punishment for the club, the FA have fined the club 10 points now, putting them solidly at the bottom of the table. Sandra, with Coventry's points deduction, is the season petering out for the teams at the bottom? Well, uh, you know, you mentioned... Lewis Taylor there I mean that, that we've had that obviously Coventry he's going to appeal Coventry are going to appeal against that point deduction I mean obviously if it if, it, if uh, you know they're unsuccessful with that then obviously they're going to be favourites to go down it's going to be very hard for them to maintain um, that their position in the championship um, uh, saying that though I mean the upside is that you know Lewis Taylor's come in he's he's rescued uh, the club in, and they, they've got someone who has a, a strong keen interest and who has proven um, you know, to be supportive of the women's game with that link, he, with the support that he provides to Wolverhampton Wanderers women. So that's a positive. But at the same time, you know, it's they're facing a, a kind of a big task to maintain their, their status in the championship, particularly, you know, if that 10 point deduction stands. Completely. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very tough for them at the bottom of, of that table there with, with, with those challenges. Emily, do you feel like this points deduction was fair? Oh, that's that's a very, very good question. I think it's certainly not fair on on the individuals that are affected by it, which I guess is the is the playing staff and and um sorry, the playing squad and the staff. But I think I suppose that there has to be some kind of penalty. And for anything like that, which I guess comes under sort of financial mismanagement, those types of penalties are, are implemented I think it I think it's cruel and I can understand why there's frustration there um but I guess there has to be you know some kind of um repercussions for, for this completely now there was frustration elsewhere in the northeast as Sunderland's FA Women's Championship fixture against Crystal Palace was postponed less than an hour before scheduled kickoff due to a frozen pitch. But how novel is it that we're having games postponed not because of COVID? Look at look at us in in the this season now. It's so surprising. Now elsewhere in the championship though, a Charlton held Sheffield United to a nil-nil draw. In the National League North Division, Fylde took advantage of Derby not playing by beating Loughborough Lightning. Two penalties from Faye McCoy saw them grab the three points. Burnley got a vital win away at Middlesbrough. Sarah Greenhag, Millie Ravening and Lizzie Heimer with goals for the Clarets. And West Brom beat Stoke thanks to a winner from Sharon Stamps four minutes from time. In the South, it was a rare day where Ipswich didn't win. They could only manage a draw at home to Portsmouth. They had taken a first half lead through Natasha Thomas, but they were pegged back by Evie Gain to give Pompey the share of the spoils. 
It was another day of woe for Hounslow as they lost 5-0 away at MK Dons, who picked up a vital win. Marine Taho opened the scoring in the first half and the Dons pulled away in the second half thanks to Laura Bright, Sophia Stolved and a brace from Ches Albert. That leaves Hounslow pointsless still after 10 games. Plymouth also scored five as they put Cardiff to the sword. Now, elsewhere in the world, you think our fight for the top of the league is exciting? In the Frau Bundesliga, there are currently four points separating the top four sides, with Bayern Munich, Hoffenheim, Wolfsburg and Eintracht Frankfurt all vying for the top spot. Now, Sophie, this is your old stomping ground. So how competitive is the Frau Bundesliga? Yeah, insanely competitive. Um, as you said, it's only four points and kind of dividing them four. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting second half of the season. And then towards the end, I think it's going to be very interesting and exciting to watch them games. Obviously, the games where them teams play one another are going to be crucial for, for each team. Um, I think in previous years, you could have called kind of who, who would win the league. Yeah, not even halfway, about maybe three quarters way through the season, but I think that's not going to be the case this year. It'll be very interesting, very exciting to see who actually wins it in the end. Elsewhere in the world, the NWSL starts their pre-season on the 1st of February, and there are still rumours that players from the WSL may be poached from across the pond. Manchester United's Alessia Russo is rumoured to be linked with a deal with Casey Stoney's San Diego Wave, and both the ex-United boss and also Angel City FC apparently have their eye on Caroline Weir, who was notably absent from City's side in their game against Brighton. Only time will tell what the outcome will be. Sandra, what's your favourite transfer rumour this January window? Well, it's definitely the Stina Blackstenius rumour, because she's been linked with, well, with initially she was linked with Man United, but obviously now Arsenal have emerged as the favourites to sign her. Um, and then also Tottenham apparently were, were interested in, in, you know, potentially signing her as well, according to speculation. So, I mean, that, that will be interesting to see because she was the top scorer in Sweden's top flight last term. She's highly rated. So it'll be interesting to see if she, if she, you know, who she ends up with if she does come to the WSL. To be honest, Sorry. I hadn't heard about the Karen and Real one. That's an interesting uh, one. I didn't, didn't know that was even in the talks kind of thing. So it'll be interesting what happens there, to be honest. Completely. If there could be any player bought into the WSL that you would love to play against Sophie this January transfer window, who would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'd probably go for Jill Rule, bringing her back to the WSL. I know we had her at Arsenal. Uh, she went, went to Wolfsburg. Um, I think that's a good player to bring back to the WSL, to be honest. Completely. And a dream player to bring into Leicester? Ooh. Um, I always, when people ask for my or about my favourite player, I always say Kim Little. I'd love to have Kim at Leicester, but I know she's very happy at Arsenal. And um, yeah, just to be able to play with her again, because uh, obviously she retired internationally. Um, it would be amazing, but I'm just glad that Kim's happy at Arsenal. Well, that's all we have time for today. But don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TWFP1 and Instagram, the Women's Football Podcast, and also subscribe via all good podcasting platforms. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye.